This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. It was intense. Yeah. And uh, even though uh, the whole time I, I just could picture God in heaven just going, okay, mm-hmm. just patiently waiting, patiently. I, I have that visual image of like, mm-hmm. yeah. okay, get it out of your system. Right. And, but I'll tell you what, what good came out of it, because God always brings good things out of bad things that happen to those who love him. Hey guys, welcome to the very first episode of Conversations with Jeff. My guest today is Carl Crew. Now Carl is an actor, he's a screenwriter, and he's also the owner of a venue or nightclub, I guess you'd call it a nightclub, but uh, kind of a freak show club in North Hollywood called the California Institute of Abnormal Arts, or better known as the CIA. Now, the reason why I wanted Carl to be my very first guest is because of the controversy that surrounds my relationship to him. Now, he is family. He is my wife's uncle. But here's the thing. He's also a Christian. Now, you could think he's an actor. He's been in a bunch of like, you know, horror comedy movies and that sort of thing. He owns a freak show nightclub. Um, he's got a dead clown at his place. He's a very kind of interesting person, but he's also a follower of Christ. He's also a Christian, and a lot of the people around him have seen the tremendous growth in his spiritual life, and God has worked immensely in his life. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to bring him on. I wanted to ask him some questions. I wanted to ask him how... How does being in Hollywood and how does being in this entertainment world that is very anti-Christian, how do you correlate that with being a believer in the midst of all this chaos and craziness and unbiblical ways of life? How do you correlate the two worlds where you can be in the world but not of it? So I'm going to be having that conversation. But also the other thing that I wanted to address before going into this conversation was how much or how many Christians have attacked him and have attacked me for not denouncing him as a believer. Because what ends up happening is you have a group of people and they all look the same, they all act the same, they all believe the same, they all talk the same, whatever it is. And because he doesn't fit those molds, they want to condemn him. And they try to destroy me They tried to destroy the network that I was on for my podcast before. They tried to do whatever they could, and they were using him and trying to destroy him. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to bring him on as my very first guest and talk through some of these issues and discuss it. Now, I went up there. I went to the the California Institute of Abnormal Arts. We sat down, and we had about a 45-minute conversation, and that's what you guys are about to watch, unedited, straight through, and... My point of this, I'm not trying to justify him. I'm not trying to justify anything that he says or does. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put him up on a pedestal as saying, well, he's an amazing, you know, Bible teacher. We should all follow him. Blah, 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 blah. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm doing is I'm just trying to sit down with a guy that's a believer. It's following after Christ. And just have a conversation and hear his story, hear his background. You guys can come along for the ride. If you guys like what he says, great. If you don't, great. Either way, that's fine. But what I'd like to do is I'd like to have a rational conversation about the issues. So that's what Carl and I are going to do. So we're going to sit down, we're going to have a fun conversation, and you'll see me at the end. I am here today with the... Some would say controversial, but others would say just purely entertaining. Carl Crew. I'll buy both. Yeah. <laughs> that totally works. Yeah. So he's the owner of the California Institute of Abnormal Arts, which is where we are filming from right now. And uh, welcome and 
glad we could sit down with you. My pleasure. My totally. Pleasure. So tell us a little bit about the club. Oh, well, we've been here for 24 years, and um, we started out, we're, we've always been maximalists. We're maximalists. We don't care about minimalism. We want to go over the top with everything we do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just how I live my life. Uh, uh, because why bother? You know, with anything else, we're just going to fade away or whatever, get lost in the crowd. Forget it. You're going to be out there. You're going to make a statement. You want to be right there, you know, and see have people hear what you say. Right. So that's kind of where it all came from. Um, I'm an artist. I'm a writer, uh, actor. I grew up in a Christian repertory theater group for 17 years, mm-hmm. from when I was a kid till I was, you know, 20-something. And so I was really trained by some amazing, uh, by a most amazing director I've ever worked with. No one in Hollywood ever touched him. Yeah. Yeah, he went on to do huge uh, plays in uh, New York later, but... Uh, he taught me what it was to be a team. You know, when you are on stage, you're not the star. You're a team, and you're working, and you're creating something together. Right. And it's just never, never uh, will I forget the, the lessons I learned. Because literally, when you're on stage and you have a team of people, when you capture the audience, you hear a click. Right. And it's like, ah, there we are. And you don't have to worry about your lines because you're rehearsed like crazy, you know, like whole weekends of rehearsal. So you're building on what you've already got. So every time you're creating a new painting, uh, as it were, you know. Right. So really cool, really yeah. cool. So yeah. I grew up on that. Totally. But uh, it kind of manifested out of that. Now, I grew up, uh, I was just having some thoughts. My father was so funny and such a brilliant Christian, but just so cool. And uh, he actually started me out on this path uh Unknowingly, mm-hmm. uh, we went to Hawaii for. I was in the fourth grade. He comes home. He goes, "We're going to Hawaii." I'm like, "Yay!" On the weekend during school, he's yeah. like, "Yeah." So two weeks into Maui, and uh, it was so much fun going away from school. But uh, he was like, "Okay, well, let's go." And we were getting on a plane. We're all packed, and he gave me a book to read. Yeah. And he knew I liked ghost stories because I would tell ghost stories all the time, you right. know. And because I grew up on Casper and all that stuff, you know. Uh, Adam's family and all that fun, you know, stuff. Yeah. And uh, but he bought me a book, and it was literally a book on paranormal investigations, and he didn't know it. Yeah. He thought it was just ghost stories, but it's real investigations. And I was like, oh, you know, and that kind of started an interest in that for me at yeah. that age. Um, and there was other things he did because he was such a prankster. Uh, he installed. I helped him install an intercom. That went from the basement to the third floor of my bedroom, right, right next to my bed. Yeah, and it was like, okay, cool, so I can know whenever he comes home and whatever, you know. And uh, <laughs> and I begged him one night, please, can I watch Night Gallery? Please, my mom's like, absolutely not, no, 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 come on, come on, Dad. And he said, okay, go ahead. Yeah. So I watched it, and then he took me up and put me to bed, and he, we prayed, and after we prayed, he flipped on the intercom, <laughs> and he walked out of the room. And I'm sitting there in the dark going, like staring in my dark closet. Yeah. He went down to the basement and he goes, you know, he has like an operatic voice. I'm like, ah! <laughs> and uh, uh, I never got scared of it again, but he, he ran upstairs. He thought I'd thrust my head through the bedpost, you know, yeah. start screaming so loud. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, so that, that whole theatrical, you know, that, I just love coming from that. And yeah. I, I cherish those memories. But, uh, yeah, so I've always had kind of had that creepy, in a happy way, you know, mm-hmm. taint on whatever I do. Right. You know, it's it's interesting. It's a little scary, but it's not, you know, I draw a line. Right. Um, and even today, I'm very clear, a very sharp line between that and, I, I describe it as drawing a line between... Adam's family's attic mm-hmm. or Anton LaVey's basement. Right. Okay. Yeah. There, there's a very clear line. Yeah. And uh, actually, I'll tell you one thing. I had a girlfriend um, when I was very young. I, I knew better. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were just part, you know, having fun, you know, with my friends who were all actors. And she had a Ouija board. Mm-hmm. And I knew better. And we were just sitting around. And, and every time my friend and I would do it, we did, and it was so powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was really. I mean, it was like, whoa, what is this? And so, uh, you know, I was I was very practical. I was like, where is the treasure? You know, like, yeah. um, 
And uh, anyway, it, it just, we stopped doing it, but it literally opened a portal for some drug use for me. Mm-hmm. And for a couple years. Yeah. And it was it was intense. Yeah. And uh, even though uh, the whole time I, I just could picture God in heaven just going, okay, mm-hmm. Just patiently waiting, patiently. I have that visual image of like, mm-hmm, yeah. okay, get it out of your system. Right. And, but I'll tell you what, what good came out of it, because God always brings good things out of bad things that happen to those who love him. Right. Uh, and the good thing came out of it was that I have uh, a sensitivity to demonic presence. Mm-hmm. And I know immediately if there's something going going on. Right. I can tell if something's been used in a ritual or if someone is overshadowed. And I've had to deal with a lot of that. Yeah. And uh, that is a very useful tool for me. Yeah. Because my goal now is to give people the ability to be freed from the chains of that. Because mm-hmm. they're in bondage. Yeah. It's chains, baby. Right. And they're chains. And they're, there's such an adrenaline rush when they're doing it. So it's like you're an addict. Mm-hmm. You're like you're addicted to drugs. You're addicted to the rush of doing these, you know, occult. I always tell people, why did God forbid the occult in the Bible? I don't know. Well, it's very simple. You're opening yourself up to deception. Right. Who's the father of lies? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So anything, and, and like, uh, you know, anyway, my ministry, as I realized doing this crazy club, all these people come down here who had never stepped foot in a church. My ministry is reaching these people mm-hmm. um, because I can talk to them on their on their level because I know all and I've studied the occult from a biblical perspective right. all my life, right. as well as history, all kinds of history, mind control, secret societies, all that stuff. I've been fascinated by it. But when you turn on the light of scripture, you see all the cockroaches run. Yeah. You see everything for exactly what it is. For sure. And uh, so all the time I give, a, I have a museum here. Mm-hmm. And we, we're in the Ripley's 2018 hardback. Yeah. We've been on the show. Yeah. Um, I have several artifacts in here uh, that are uh, featured. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of my tour, there's always somebody, usually almost every time, come, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. And he goes, I'm seeing shadow people. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I asked him, what is your involvement in the occult? Do you have any involvement? Do you do tarot cards? Right. Do you do astrology? Do you look at that? Do you, what, what portal have you opened? Right. By even unknowingly. Right. And, oh, I don't do any of that. I don't do that. I go, well, is there anyone in your family that practices? You know, oh, my grandma. Yeah. You know, oh, there's always, you know. And... Demons are generationally you know transferred down. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so there's nothing more exciting. I used to think it was the most exciting thing in the world to be on a stage and have that audience and you capture them and it's so much fun. And we would just be thrilled for hours and hours and hours talking afterwards yeah. uh, about it at restaurants. Just having so much fun. The energy, right? But the energy that I get when I'm being used by the Holy Spirit to put to show something to somebody is like beyond yeah. <laughs> like that's that's it that's it that's a return to that feeling right. well like that that's like the interesting thing too about you know like a lot of people in the church they wouldn't know how to deal with it if somebody came to them and said I see shadow people right like they wouldn't even have any idea where to go they would just think this person's crazy let's just usher them right out of the church y- yeah. and to me that's kind of the nice thing about you being here in this area, in this arena of as a believer and as a Christian, you're able to speak truth into their life and actually understand where it is that they're coming from. Exactly. So I grieve. I grieve when I hear of where these people are. I grieve. It's grievous. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anything I can do, and it's not me, right. but anything I can do to refocus them on what the real battle is what the real answer for them what is your answer I mean we had a number of paranormal investigations I have three dead bodies here mm-hmm. from a hundred years ago yeah. I can do it I used to be a mortician for five years I lived at a mortuary right. I never had anything supernatural happen to me there mm-hmm. um, but but your your most famous dead body that you have would be the, the, dead, the, clown. the dead clown yes, yeah. the dead clown that's like world yeah. famous that's a much. double yeah. you got a <laughs> Centerfold in the Ripley's 2018. Yeah. My mom's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
But, I mean, historically, I love history so much. And this history behind everything we have here is, is very intense. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I love telling people about it. But, uh, yeah, so we had two paranormal investigations here. And uh, they found nothing. Yeah, baby. <laughs> and they go, how Clean bill of slate. Yeah, but well, actually, one time, the, these people who constantly investigate demonic presences and demonic things... They think they're ghosts or whatever, but they bring things with them. Right. They're attached to them. Yeah. Like when you go to a, a fortune teller who has a familiar, you get that familiar. Mm-hmm. That's attached to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, be possessed, right. but you're overshadowed. You That goes with you mm-hmm. if they're real. If they're not, they're just ripping you off. Right. So the one paranormal investigator that came down, a woman from London, she's very sweet. She did some things, and it was funny. They were all, like, this other girl was with them, and they were in the backstage, and they're like, Stop! There's six eyes looking at you from down, from that corner right there. She goes, No, really? She goes, Don't turn around. And she and they turn around. It was a mirror ball. You know, it was like, <laughs> hilarious, yeah. <laughs> but they did see some orbs, uh-huh. you know, around them. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I mean, like, I can't tell you, when I do shows here, I walk through the whole place and pray over it in the beginning and the end. I've anointed every doorway and window with mm-hmm. my my best friend, Brian, uh, who's a prayer warrior. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm very aware of that stuff. And uh, and I really, it's so funny because I talk to so many people and it's like, well, you know, I can't trust anybody. I can't trust, I'm, I'm having problems problem trusting some of the church people that I've really, you know, relied on for so many years. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it comes down, you can't trust anybody but the Holy Spirit and Jesus. That's right. it. Right. That's it. And that's been repeatedly shown to me all the time uh, where something fails. Now, I get, I counsel people sometimes. So they're brought to me and uh, I get them help mm-hmm. and some pr- real heavy prayer. And uh, I changed my church recently about five years ago. I was going to a really cool little rock and roll church. Yeah. And God bless them, you know, they're really, really great. And the music was great. And, and this church started dwindling and dwindling and dwindling until it was like three of us. It was like a hundred. And I, I'm tenacious. I don't give up. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, mm, well, you know, come on. And, but I realized every time I would leave the church, I would get attacked all day. Yeah. And I was getting fed like a Tic Tac mm-hmm. of spiritual meat. Right. It was a Tic Tac. It was like, and really to me, the most horrifying thing is passivity. Uh, in the, especially in the Christian world. Yeah. Oh, it's all going to work out okay, you know. God, it's going to be good. No, shut up. You got to speak up, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, don't judge others lest you be judged, blah, blah, blah. Uh-uh. You have to speak your mind. If you feel somebody's straying off, you know, you do it in love. Well, that's the whole that's the whole point of being brothers and sisters in Christ, is that you're, right. hold, you're holding each other accountable <laughs> exactly. and stepping up and not exactly. just letting things slide and go along and yeah. that sort of thing. So this girl that I, I worked with there, I've been making films for 25 years, and uh, one of my old partners had a girlfriend, and... She, I saw her again after years, and she uh, started telling me some things, and I started hearing things that were familiar that I've studied about. And uh, she, I said, I know what you're talking about. She goes, well, no one ever believes me. I go, spill it. Mm-hmm. I do. And she was ritually abused. Okay. Horrific, horrifically. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to go into it. Right. But it was, I won't even tell you who, but it was ritual abuse of the worst order uh, from Texas mm-hmm. and uh, and she has started drinking again and that opens portals when you use drugs or anything you know the hippies you know they were like we're having a religious experience through chemicals yeah. and the maharajas came over and said you don't have to take the chemicals you do transcendental meditation and you can have the same psychedelic experiences yeah. which, which to kind of interrupt a little bit there but the transcendental in, uh, meditation, that's kind of infiltrating the church now. Even. Oh, I know. With and, contemplative prayer. Yeah. yeah. And it's, mean, it's a, pretty much the same thing. It's, it's just within... It is the same thing. Yeah. It's you're emptying your mind. When you do meditation, you don't empty your mind. That open, Oh, yeah, everyone, come on in. Right. Uh-uh. It's the opposite. There's two types of meditation. Eastern and biblical. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, biblical is Eastern. Oh, no, it's not. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you are emptying your mind or you're filling it with God's Word. Exactly. It's, just, it's diametrically opposed. Right. 
So, uh, yeah. Uh, so it's totally different. Mm-hmm. So totally. she, because she started drinking again, opened these portals, and she started getting seriously attacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, really awful. Yeah. You know, face changes, everything. It was unbelievable. So I got her some help. I changed my church. Mm-hmm. And I actually went to the Angelus Temple. Mm-hmm. And uh, hooked him up with some real good prayer warriors there. And, mm-hmm. and it's just been a struggle for two years, but she's finally out of it. Totally clean and not being bothered anymore. And, you know, she's a total Christian. And uh, uh, and it's great to see. It was a long struggle. Yeah. It doesn't right. necessarily happen like that. Right. You know, I've had other people come down and we're still dealing with them but uh they made the decision but they're still being attacked so you know it's like i'm just using whatever god has the coolest part is everything i've been through is for a reason right you know everything that were that's terrible that's happened to me there was a reason for it it wasn't just superfluous you know it's like oh praise god for that so there's a reason for it so you learn when you're tested it's it's I heard a, a, a pastor the other night talking about uh, this woman's favorite verse was, and it came to, pi- to pass. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what? <laughs> yeah. And it came to pass. When things happen in your life, it came, but then it passes, and you get the what it's really about. Right. So it's a, it, so it came to pass, mm-hmm. and then you get the blessing. Right. So I've never seen it like that. Yeah. And I, my, I told my mom about it. She said, well, that's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing. I go, not really. Yeah. Because when you're tested, there is a blessing on the other side of the testing. It's not for no reason. You learn. Yeah. You know, uh, so. And even if you're not gaining anything, you know, necessarily like a quote unquote blessing or whatever it is, you're still gaining the experience. And, and a lot of times, too, after you go through an experience and you're in, in it, you're like, how in the world is God using this? Like, what's the point? Like, but, th- but see, then people always fall in this trap. Trying to understand the mind of God. Right. You know, why did God do this to me? Blah, 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 blah. Shut exactly. Up. But then after you get through the experience, then you look back and you're like, I saw of course. I saw I see it the whole time. You 2020. Know? Yeah. Yeah. 2020. You see it very clearly and it's very it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. So for sure, totally. Yep. So uh But what what I was gonna ask too was because you kind of mentioned where you came from in your past and that sort of thing, but how did you come to be saved and be a Christian? Well, I was saved when I was four. Mm-hmm. And people don't have these long stories about four, you know. It's like, yeah. I've been through all this. And I was four. I just dropped behind a, a, the doorway in my breakfast room and my mom prayed with me and I became a Christian. Right. As much as a four-year-old can become a Christian. Right. I received the Holy Spirit. I received Jesus in my heart. <clears throat> and then I was attacked for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like you know, I mean, I went through my rebellious eras, like I said, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, but I was always very clear about God being present there and having such amazing patience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> well, that you know, in all reality, though, that's kind of that's kind of one of the main morals of the story with the prodigal son is God's always sitting there waiting, you know. And you know it's not it's not like the prodigal son came back and he's like how dare you do anything right, right, he was right, just right. there Here's ready a ring. yeah, yeah. like woohoo so uh, yeah and my new church Angelus Temple man I get fed filet mignon there baby yeah yeah I mean I eat I chew on it all week mm-hmm. and uh, in my life now I got the baby daily Bible apps too and I wake up with that but then right. I I have a void in my mor- in my morning until I jump into the scripture. I just have to have it. Yeah. I have to have it. It's not like, it's like, and it's so cool because you pray for the Holy Spirit. Okay, show me something. Show me. Take me deeper. Okay, Lord, speak to me. And you pray. It's like, I either cry or just burst out laughing. Right. Because it's so real. It's yeah. so real. Yeah. I get all juicy now too. You <laughs> forgive me, but. Uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, I realized what my ministry is, is. Mm is I'm on the brink of a mountain trying to grab people before they jump off. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that, and that's okay. Yeah. I don't care. You know, all I know is uh, I've had a hard case list of people I've been praying for for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Of those 40 people, 35, two, two have become Christians. Yeah. But... God's word does not come back void. And right. when your prayers are not just floating away mm-hmm. with nothing. Yeah. So God finishes it. Right. 
and it's once again you can't question his will right you know so well that's the thing all, all we can do we can obey we can proclaim the gospel obedience so important for sure totally yeah. and really um, I gave up I, I was a big pot smoker mm-hmm I grew it. I did it. You know, yeah. in the, I grew up in the Haight Ashbury in a sense. You know, right, yeah. when we used to go from home from church uh, during the hippie movement, and we, my father would purposely drive through the Haight Ashbury to hear my mother go, oh, "Look at the hair on that man! Oh my goodness!" We were like roaring right. with laughter. But uh, uh, you know, it's I, I never Jones because I was already on my way back from getting more. Right. So God really spoke to me about that. Mm-hmm. He said, and I said, "Come on, I got it. That's how I relax." Right. I go fine if you're gonna if I'll give it up for you if you take away my Jones. I don't know if people know what Jones is. It's like Ugh, I gotta get some. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, here we go." And I threw it away. And then ten minutes later, I'm like, mm. and then I prayed and bam, I was like, yeah. and I made it a day, mm-hmm. and then I made it a week. And now it's been sixteen years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and I did, and now now it's available on every corner. Right. You know, yeah. And like, but you know what? My clarity. I'm not numb. I'm experiencing every moment now, mm-hmm. and that's so important to me. Yeah. That's so I I can't. There's never like <gasps> you know none of that. <gasps> you know, right. it's like uh huh. This is and you go yes, and you deal with every single thing, and mm-hmm. it's so much a better way to live, man. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, that's the interesting thing too about the fact that you know you live and you work right in the middle of Hollywood, right in the middle of the entertainment capital of the world, pretty much. Uh, but I remember seeing a documentary. I forget where I saw this, but they were saying how I think it was eight or nine out of every ten people in Hollywood are like addicted to some form of drug of some kind. Yeah, you know, and it's it's an amazing testament to how God works in your life. The fact that He brought you out of that. Praise God. Yeah. And and to me that that's a true testimony to Him and His power and His Amen. will and all Amen. and that whole sort of thing. But being you know because being an actor, having the venue here. How do, how does that play out being a Christian here in Hollywood in general? Because it's 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 like two clashing. Yeah, um, and that's the the joy of it uh, because people can't comprehend that I can have a living relationship with a living God. And you know, I made I made horror movies, yeah, horror comedy though, yeah. And uh, I did the one non horror movie, or the non comedy they did was a historical thing. Mm-hmm. So, based on history. So, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, like, I went all through this for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I reach a lot of people that are in the business. And yeah. I mean, it's not me, it's, but God uses what I've been through to, to reach people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I just pray for. I want to be used as much as possible because it's the most exciting thing in the world. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's really weird. People did, it's, it's kind of an enigma. It's like, uh, but I feel just like, I, I hesitate to say this, but a light in the darkness. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that with any self-glorification, but I want to be able to show people the reality. Because this this life is just a premise right. for eternity. Mm-hmm. For eternity. Yeah. I mean, some people say, blah, blah, blah. Uh-uh. Get it. Okay, this is a premise for eternity. Eternity is endless. You can't even comprehend it because your mind is finite. Right. So, baby, you better get that straight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, anyway, uh, but I think about every day. You know, God's mercies every day. I experience that every single day, mm-hmm. and I'm attacked every single day. Yeah. Yeah, but it's okay because I'm starting to flow with it and, and understand very clearly. It's like when I'm giving tours and people come up with those things, uh, questions and stuff, and I immediately in my mind I'm going, okay, Lord, here we go. Holy Spirit, give me the right words. Yeah. And, yeah, and I see people's mouths open, mm-hmm. you know, like, wow, I've never seen that. I never thought yeah. of that. And we get to, anyway, yeah. we get to with some really dark people there. Yeah. Well, I, I remember when, you know, because when I was working here, I remember seeing how you were always ready with an answer or you were always ready to jump in with the gospel or jump oh, in yeah. with and pray like on the drop of a hat oh yeah come on let me pray for you baby yeah, yeah. <laughs> so people go okay yeah you know uh, <laughs> so funny because as as a teenager I was like how does that how does how do these two things come together I don't know yeah 
I don't know because I I like the kind of the creepy fun stuff, but mm-hmm. I but I uh, I love my relationship with Jesus and yeah. And now I'm seeing it retrospect hindsight. I right. see why, yeah. and because this is a very specific ministry, it's very very specific, right? And uh, well, because in the interesting thing too is like you didn't start the club to be a ministry, but right. it's but it's turned into that yes. just because of time and experience and the way God works and, yep. and that sort of thing. Yes, sir. Yeah, and uh, uh, I mean, I just started the club to eat. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is a good reason to start. A yeah, business. yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So um, yeah, I'm really excited because every single day is an adventure. Yeah. Truly, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's just nonstop. Yeah. So uh, actually, a, a few years ago, I got sick. Like five, six, seven years ago, I got sick, mm-hmm. and I realized what it was. The whole club was falling into ruins. I was on my back. I yeah. couldn't even walk. Yeah. And I'm, and it was God dealing with my strong will. Mm-hmm. And uh, until I realized I hadn't given my whole heart over. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, here I am. He's everything. Here's right. everything. And literally since that point, he's brought everything back. Yeah. Everything back. Uh, the club, you know, um, just... Just my intimacy, mm-hmm. and uh, rearranged with a good church, and, uh, uh, and everything. Everything he's got it back, you know. Yeah. And now I'm an old man now, but <laughs> don't have the youth back. But yeah. but yeah, we got heaven. Amen. Amen. Um, so yeah, so really, a, just God hates a strong will. I mean, a, a, it's not that will is bad, but you know. Yeah. Haughtiness, that's the word. Right. I became haughty. Yeah. And now I'm so my he melted my heart. I'm just like I cried the drop of a hat. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You know, because Yeah, so But but also too to a certain degree, you know, I think everybody when you know, when they're not Christians and even a lot of people when they do become Christians, they're still reliant on themselves. Yeah. And and it's that I have to release my my will and it's just up to his will and it, it's right. you know that's part of the whole point of prayer too is you know you're praying not as much to change everything around you but it's more to change you and align you with, with his God will and his will that's right yeah I, I i like when i go to church sometimes i'm in the metro and i literally pray for every single person that's around me that the holy spirit would have a, some something something for every single person around me that not person would go by i pray that anyone i see that comes into my vision will have an experience mm-hmm. i do that um and uh, I I was walking back one time and there's this homeless guy and he, I said he goes man I want some food you got any money I go I didn't have any money I said I can pray for you he goes don't pray for me yeah. I said too bad and I prayed for <laughs> him anyway and uh, I really really in my latter years have seen the incredible power of prayer mm-hmm. it really is the most powerful thing we have yeah um, prayer name of Jesus power of his blood and the word sword baby mm-hmm. yeah putting on the whole armor yeah so it's just not a little baby story baby it's the real deal right for sure so it's so cool yeah so and then one of the other because one of the other reasons why I did want to sit down with you was because there's been criticism from people that are within certain churches or you know that sort of thing mind blowing I know I mean mind blowing yeah. coming from you know yeah um but but what but one of the things that I wanted to ask was because this is this is a re- kind of recurring criticism that I've seen is how how do you how do you correlate between kind of the the freak show and like let's say the death of with the clown or you know whatever it is with your relationship with Christ because a lot of people that are in the church you know they're you know they dress a lot more a certain way and very clean and you know you wear super ties to church and you do certain things and you fit a certain mold and that's what Christian is right. so how, how, do you, how do you break all the molds right and so breaking the molds how do you correlate bring well, it's very simple in a way I mean I am what I am I am what I created was created to be I'm an artist mm-hmm. and I don't fit any mold everyone has tried to put a label on me all my life they all fallen away because the only person that gives me my identity is Father, yeah. that's it. Yeah. So if you don't understand that, I'm sorry. Right. Um, 
when I give my tour and I show them all these things, show them the three dead corpses, throw them all this, all this crazy stuff, and I end up on the Spear of Destiny. Mm-hmm. I have a replica of the Spear of Destiny, the spear that pierced the side of Christ. Yeah. And, the, the, and I talk about the prophecies of Jesus mm-hmm. and how, you know, how hundreds of them were fulfilled that were predicted 300 years before. I mean, it's impossible for even one. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, he's on the cross dying, and the Jews are like, okay, it's the Sabbath, let's break their legs and get them out of here. Right. They broke the legs of either thief on either side of the cross. Longinius came up and pierced his side. Oh, he's dead. We don't have to, we don't have to kill him. Mm-hmm. We don't have to break his legs. Ding! 349, not a bone shall be broken. Right. I go, that's going to frost your berries later when you think about it. Yeah. Because I say, Jesus Christ is the biggest mystery of all. Yeah. yeah. That's how I handed people. like, yeah, it's so great. It's yeah. so great. And, you know, it's like, there's a place called the Museum of Death. Mm-hmm. And it's all about death. Right. And having been a mortician, you know, I've seen all that. But I'm not about that. We have these historical figures here uh, that contrast death and life. Mm-hmm. And it always ends up on life. And it's just, for some reason, it just all fits together. And then, uh, you know, when they get to the end of the tour, I'm talking about Jesus and yeah. about, you know. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I prayed over a lot, a lot of people. Yeah. So, whatever, you know, it's like, I take no credit for myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the one... But I'm, but I'm yeah. so blown away yeah. with the venom that's come out of these people yeah. who don't who are more interested in what I'm wearing. They did Google searches on me. Yeah. And these Google searches, they had other things that had nothing to do with included in that. Like showing witches floating above pentagrams. What? You know, that's <laughs> not my club. That's not, never been any part of my club. Right. Oh, but that's Carl Crew. He's a Satanist. Yeah. You know, like, what? Well, that, well that, that was one of the other absurd uh, accusations that I wanted to ask you about was there, there was a pretty prominent... Uh, shall we say pastor that that accused your club and you of being like a den of the occult and then another prominent pastor was saying that um what were the word that it was christian necromancy oh yeah and it's yeah. like okay so yeah it's kind of an oxymoron to, yeah exactly yeah. so to, not him but maybe yeah yeah, yeah. but to officially be on the record this isn't a an occultic den absolutely not yeah tell you a story real quick we used to have prayer meetings here. Um, uh, I invite all my friends from that church, the, the refuge church, mm-hmm. and we come over here and we set up in the backyard and we have these huge prayer meetings. And mm-hmm. they were they were more powerful than what happened at the church. Yeah. Um, we would see answers happen before we even finished praying. Phones would ring, people would get jobs. It was insane. It was so great. Yeah. And one of my friends, one of my dear friends. Um, he uh, had some really dark experiences uh, cult wise mm-hmm. and uh, but before he came to California and before he was a Christian he went to a psychic and the psychic told him beware when you you're going to move to California he goes what? he goes you're going to move to California and I want you to beware of a place with a clown on the door because mm-hmm. that is a cult yeah. and you do not want to get involved with that mm-hmm. And and then he used to come over here to these prayer meetings and see the clown on the door. I was like yeah. he told me that. I was like, wow. <laughs> so there was so many powerful things that came out of those prayers and prayer meetings. Right. That I mean I just I don't know what to say, you know. And if someone finally stole the clown off the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So whatever. But um yeah, it was fascinating though. Fascinating. Yeah. So no, this is not a cult. Mm-hmm. This is we don't I don't allow any rituals to ever happen here. Mm-hmm. I take great pains to, uh, to, to, uh, they, people cannot have any kind of, like even in the, uh, the, uh, paranormal investigations, they can't use a Ouija board. They can't use any way to uh, record anything, any right. voices. They can't use scrying mirrors. They can't use any of those ritual stuff. Mm-hmm. No, I will cannot allow that. Yeah. Here. And, and a lot of that kind of stuff is very prominent here in Hollywood I mean oh, people are doing it whether they're doing it in public or not but yeah. a lot of people are involved with that kind of, of stuff course, so it's, it's very prominent out yeah. here yeah for sure but you know it's people say Hollywood Hollywood <clears throat> I'm just doing what I'm doing right. I, I don't pay attention to whatever ever, anyone else is going on right and I happen to be in the entertainment business yeah but 
what business, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not making a lot of money. Yeah. But I'm an artist, and I'm just doing what I'm doing. For sure. But I'm being used, and I love that. Totally. You know, I love that. Totally. So, so, uh, so ultimately, kind of in closing, but what's what's been the biggest thing where you've seen God working in your life or here at the club and just your presence here, and how has God, how has God been working through that? I think it's just with the number of people that I get to talk to that would never, that I pray over. Right. That would never set foot in a church. Yeah. And how they're just like, whoa, this whole world I didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. And uh, and my list gets longer and longer. Right. You know, because I want to see that. But I've seen the fruit of that, finally. Mm-hmm. I've seen some fruit, and I love it. Yeah. You know, I need to see that. I've always been a planter. Mm-hmm. But I'm a harvester now. Yeah. Yeah. I got my whole harvester motor. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. No, but I'm that's, serious. That's out back, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's with a clown on it. Yeah. Um, but that's that's all I'm interested in. Yeah. Well, that, well, that's the interesting thing, too, is that, like, when you look at Jesus' ministry and you look at the apostles and you look at the early church and stuff, like, like when you look at Jesus, he wasn't he wasn't spending his time with the religious elite. Oh, of course. He what he what like of course he was going, you know, to the synagogue, he was going to the temple, you know, that that sort of thing. But then he was going back out and hanging out with the prostitutes and the tax collectors and the untouchables and the Absolutely. all that Lepers kind of stuff. And, everything. and it was it was going to where they were and not making them fit his terms before they could even come exactly. and talk to him. Cuz you don't have to clean yourself up to come there, you just come as right. you are. Right. As you are. Right. And so that why I was just absolutely blown away with all these crazy accusations and everything. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? What are you doing? You're spending all your time trying to destroy another Christian because you don't understand what's going on mm-hmm. when you should be out there winning people for Jesus. Right. Well, and and I, what are you and, doing? You're and, wasting your time. And I think also, too, there's a certain, I think there's a certain misunderstanding of the difference between justification and sanctification. And I think that what ends up happening is people think, well, if you're justified, then you're immediately going to never have anything to do with anything that could be considered, you know, dark or sinful or whatever it is. Bubble. Or they'll look at people that maybe come to here and they just became a Christian, and it's like, why would they ever be involved with anything in Hollywood or do anything? Or, right. But it's like, but there's a process. We, we're always growing. We're always learning. Right. We're always becoming more Christ-like. It's not a, I'm Christ-like the second I become a Christian kind of exactly. a thing. And I think that there's kind of a, a disconnect between the difference between sanctification and justification to a certain degree. And I think that people who are not anywhere near the front lines have no understanding of what it's like to be there and uh, uh, really it grieves me that they would waste so much time tearing something down they don't understand um, without any research or just accepting the first thing they find that fits their preformed uh, uh, assumptions, yeah, you know, without finding out. Oh, that's really not has nothing to do with that person. Oh, okay, yeah, for sure. And instead of just shoving it in, like you know, it's like fake news. Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing. It's like I want. I wonder how much of the criticism is because there's not the focus on evangelism in the in the way that evangelism was done in scripture. Right. Because that because I feel like the way the church has done it is, and it's probably a lot because there's a lot of business side of church nowadays anyway but it's invite your friends to church it's not go into the world and preach the gospel it, they're just just be just invite your friends to church yeah and that's considered quote-unquote evangelism right but it's you know, not you at know. my church there's a thing called faith builders mm-hmm. and um it is business people who are christians and have their ministry in their business mm-hmm. and it's just great man phil he's so cool uh he uh he uh he teaches. He just talks about how he's what he tax. He does his thing with IRS tax savers. Mm-hmm. He helps people with horrible tax problems. He's actually running for councilman right now. Oh, is he? Yeah. Congress, I think. Okay. Actually. Yeah. Brilliant guy. And it's all about. This is our ministry. Right. We, we at the church is fine, but every day, you see, you're either walking it, you're either just saying it, or you're walking it. Mm-hmm. And it's all about walking it, baby. It's yeah. like, that's it. So, yeah, I get a lot from that, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, and, and looking at the Great Commission, I heard, I forget what pastor it was that said it, but, it, you know, everybody always interprets it as, you know, go into the world and preach the gospel. Right. But I, 
I forget what pastor it was that said this, but it was basically him saying that it, the actual reading of it is as you go, preach yeah. the gospel. <clears throat> as you go, right. it's about arise, right. get up off that butt and do something. Right. Yeah. It's, that's a very, because God, God uses us all where we are. Like I, I look at my life. He'll meet you halfway. Right. You have to get up. Yeah. And do something. Yeah. And then he's there. Okay, here we go. But it's like, I, I look at my life. I went to school for youth ministry. Yeah. I'm obviously not in youth ministry. Oh, I'm but, Not yet. Okay, okay thank go you. Ahead. Go we, ahead. we confirmed that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, in all reality, you know, God has been, you know, had me in business. And so it's like, okay, when I'm in that situation, okay, how can I be a testament to Christ and the gospel and that sort of thing? And so I think, you know, for, for like you or for anybody in general, it's... You, it's not always I have to go into ministry. It's just do ministry where you are. That's right. Yeah. That's what Matthew said, my pastor. He's like, people come to me because they feed 40,000 people a month in Skid Row. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, they really do. Um, he's like, people come to me, oh, I want to I feed people, I want to feed people. Uh-huh, well, go home and start where you are. Right. Open your refrigerator, get a box of food, and go give it to somebody. Right. That's how you start. Yeah. You know, there's, there's this, oh, I wait for my trucks and I wait for all this stuff. No, you just start where you are. Right. There's yeah. this there's this misconception that you have to have like a title to do right. ministry, right. and it's like right. no, or we're all equipment. supposed to be right. We're all supposed to be ministers. We're yeah, all supposed to do be it doing with that. what you have, and God will bless you and it'll grow. Right. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> totally. So. Amen. But yeah. But I'm I'm glad we could sit down. Oh, glad, I'm glad we could God do this. Right. And uh, th- thanks and. Tune in next time. All right. Okay, guys. So I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I had a great time sitting down with Carl for, I think we, I think we were there for 40 minutes, 45 minutes, just having a, just an honest conversation. Now, one of the things that I wanted to close with was this. We talked a lot about preaching the gospel. We talked a lot about what the gospel is. But what I wanted to do is because I know that there's going to be some of you guys that are Christians, some of you guys that are not Christians that are watching this video. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to fully explain what we're talking about and what we mean when we're talking about the gospel. And so here that is. So basically, you and I, we're all sinners. What does that mean? That means that that God in the Bible laid out exactly what he wants for us and exactly what he wants us to do. But we've decided to do things our own way. We've decided to break his laws. We've decided to sin. What is sin? Sin is anything from lying, stealing, um, anger, um, you know, whatever it is. There's, we've all sinned. We've all broken God's commandment. And because God, who is the creator of everything, so he established everything, he, so he has the right to make the rules. God is perfect and holy and just. And so we deserve eternal separation from him. We deserve eternal punishment from him because of our sin. That's just the reality of it. But, and and you can be thinking, that doesn't sound very loving. How could a loving God do that? Because God is perfect. Because God is holy. And so we deserve death. We deserve eternal punishment. But God, in his love for you and I, decided to send his one and only son to earth to live a sinless, perfect life and to pay the penalty for our sins. So that way we wouldn't have to pay the penalty ourselves. Because in all reality for us, being sinners, we would have to spend eternity paying the penalty. It would never end. But because Jesus Christ was perfect and holy. He was the perfect sacrifice to take the penalty for our sins. So that way we could receive eternal life. That way we could spend eternity with God and with Jesus in heaven forever. Now, what does that mean? That means that we have the opportunity and and all we have to do is repent of our sins. What does repent mean? Repent means that we don't want to do it anymore. We don't want to sin anymore. We want to follow Christ. It means that we want to do the right thing. That means that we want to glorify God who is our creator and who is giving us this opportunity to be saved. And that we just simply place our faith in Jesus. Now, what happened was Jesus died on the cross and he rose again on the third day and he conquered death, proving that he is God. 
Why is that important? It's important because it, it proves that this is real, that this is the real deal, that he really was the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And this is the message that Carl is preaching constantly. And so I wanted to share that with you. And if you have not placed your faith in Jesus, I encourage you guys to do so. Because let me tell you, you only get one shot with this life. There's no do-overs. There's no reincarnation. So why would you let this life go to waste? Why would you go through this whole life for pleasure, for whatever it is, for this life, only to spend eternity in pain and suffering, paying for your penalties, for your sin that you deserve because of your choices here on earth? So you've got the choice. You can either repent right now and place your faith in Jesus, or you can reject him and face the repercussions. I hate saying that, but I'm telling you this because I care about you. I'm telling you this because it's the truth. And I know that I would want to hear the truth if, even if no matter how difficult it was, if somebody had something difficult to say to me. So that's what Carl and I are talking about. That's what Carl and I are discussing when we're talking about the gospel. There's only one way to salvation. There's not multiple ways. Not all religions lead to the same destination. There's only one way, and that's laid out in the Bible. And in another podcast, another show, we may get into you know some of the reasons why we know that the Bible is true, one of the, in that, that there is no other way. But for right now, I'm just telling you, I've done the research. I've looked it all up. This is the way. So I hope that you'll make the right decision. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation that I had with Carl. I hope you understand why I was not willing to condemn him to hell. And I hope you understand and learned a little bit about his, his heart and a little bit about his background. And maybe, just maybe, we can all judge each other a little less and encourage each other a little more. So make sure you guys uh, join in the conversation on social media. Like, subscribe to this video here. Uh, throw a comment down below. Um, I'd love to interact with you guys. Let me know what you guys think. And then I know that we're going to have some super fun guests coming up again. Thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, see you guys next time. The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new Spirit Park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com dash spirit park. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org.